I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always, Matt is next to me. Hello. And today we are very excited to bring to you the ultimate guide to weight loss on a budget. Yes, uh, one of the questions we get asked the most, uh, be it through face-to-face, over email, Facebook, uh, even on the survey we did recently, uh, was how do I get this done on a limited budget? Uh, The other thing that a lot of people say is, you know, I want to get in shape or I want to lose weight, but I can't afford it. I want to eat healthy, but I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of these sort of things can be misconceptions. Like a lot of people think that eating healthy is so much more expensive than <laughs> eating garbage. Can I just um, say the price you pay for not eating healthy is far greater? Correct. Um, and then, yeah, there's also places where you can definitely make better choices and save money. So we have put together a list. Hopefully this helps. I'm sure this will help. Some of the things on this list you might think are pretty self-explanatory. Some things you might not have ever thought of before. So it's great to have them all in one list and it just jogs your memory and you it either reinforces what you're doing or it gives you ideas to start something new. But also just you know keep in mind that for everyone, really money does not grow on trees Courtney and I are the same so we are bargain hunters ourselves we're always looking to see where we can get you know the best bang for our buck yeah absolutely Uh, so we figured we'd pass on a lot of the things that we've learnt over the years Uh, and uh, yeah let's let's just get straight into it so the ultimate guide to weight loss on a budget Courtney why don't you kick us off sure I will start with do your research into local gyms so a lot of people ask ask about joining a gym close to them. What, what should I do? Where should I go? Do your research, number one. So have a look at the gyms in your local area. They might be close to your house. They might be close to your job. Some people prefer to go after work. So they'll find a gym that's close to their job and they can just go straight from work to the gym to home. Some people like to find it close to home. So whatever suits you in whichever area, start to do your research on what's around there. And I, I'll guarantee you there'll be several. Like there's, uh, yes. there's, no, there's nowhere now in the entire world that is limited with uh, choices in commercial gyms. So there are, will be plenty of choices. Have a look at each one of them. Check out the cost. Check out what they offer, what sort of equipment they offer. And then you can make a decision from there. The most expensive doesn't always mean the best. No, definitely not. Uh, Generally, you look at a gym in terms of, does it have the equipment that I need to perform my training routine? So with that in mind, you're generally eyeballing off the the weight training area because Mm. there's not many, actually kind of think of it, there really aren't any gyms out there that won't have any sort of decent cardio equipment. That seems to be the uh, the standard operating procedure for gyms is to have cardio rooms as big as an aircraft hangar 
but you're really looking for weight training um, equipment that can meet your needs. So be it via the exercises that you need to do uh, and or if you're a, a, a bigger, stronger person, you need to eyeball off the sort of weights they have. Yeah. Yeah, the so, dumbbells mainly go up to 20 kilos or something like that. And if you're, if you're like a, a big, strong guy like, say, myself or a superwoman like Courtney, you need to have equipment where you can continue to progress and push yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, I think you're also taking into consideration um, time. So your schedule, be it with work or with family, uh, 24-hour gyms can be very handy for this. Yeah, 100%. I th- what's that, Courtney? Sorry, you can finish your thought. I was going to say, you don't, don't be afraid to play off the local gyms against each other. Oh, in that's terms a good of, one. Oh, so-and-so offered me a deal for a 24-hour gym membership where they give it to me for $10 a week. Can you match that or do better than that? And there's no harm asking because you don't ask, you don't get. They all they all want your business at the end of the day. So generally, that is a fantastic point is to ask for that sort of thing. The other thing I just wanted to mention, Matt, was that a lot of people tend to tell, give us feedback that when they do this and they go out and they have a look at gyms to join, that the price difference between some to the other is just extreme and they don't understand why. A lot of these gyms, what they'll do is they'll put on extra classes. So the classes that are run, they'll have a massive timetable of classes. You don't, and that that, that generally becomes a really expensive gym membership to go to that gym. Uh, you're not even going to be looking at most of those classes. So you don't have to look at the class timetable and go by, oh, well, they're running the most amount of classes. They must be good. So the, the class timetable sometimes does pump up the price, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a better gym. No, you can also, the price can be dependent on location. Mm. Uh, so here where Courtney and I live, we live in, in Melbourne, Australia. If you go to a gym in the middle of the CBD, you are going to be paying big, big, big dollars for the privilege of working out in a gym in the middle of the city, where out here where Courtney and I live, we live out in the suburbs, uh, the cost can be, you know... Half, a, 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 a quarter. A quarter, really. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can be paying for location. Um, but in the end, like I said, it's just a case of looking to make sure it can meet your, your exercise needs. You don't really need all the bells and whistles that go with it. No. Next point, I'll Good. take the next one. Okay. The, uh, the next tip we've got is don't be afraid to bargain hunt with your groceries. Mm. In fact, we recommend bargain hunting mm-hmm. with your groceries. So we all live somewhere. We recommend doing some research uh, in your local area in terms of specialist fruit and veg markets, butchers, supermarkets. Don't be afraid to get your map out or Google Maps these days <laughs> and do some research to see who is around in your area and just put some time aside to go and visit these various locations and take notes. Yeah. What do they have? What are their specials like? What are their general prices like? Things like accessibility as well. Their, their trading hours in case you have to shop at weird times or unusual times. But just do your homework and then go hunting the bargains. And don't feel that, don't, don't bow to the need to go, oh, well, I must go to the one location to get everything. No, you don't. Don't be afraid to go to, lot, to different shops and different suppliers where required. Yeah, absolutely. So we will often, Matt and I will often uh, go to three different locations when we're doing our shopping. Sometimes we'll, we'll just go to the local supermarket. 
sometimes we'll also go to the butcher and the fruit and veg market as well. We've got we've had clients that will go to actual direct fruit and veg uh, sh- distributors um, that sell direct from the farm. So they're great to go to as well if there's anything like that close to you. They're obviously fresh and they are usually very well priced because they obviously save on transferring, um, transporting the goods around. So they can afford to have that little bit less of a price there. Looking, looking at different things, you can go to butchers, you can go to supermarkets, you can go to different kinds of supermarkets. So you've got your, your uh, chain supermarkets, then you've also got um, alternative supermarkets like your Aldi as well. Uh, so yeah, have, have a look around. It's great as well. Also these days you'll often find that you can find multiple places in the one supermarket, uh, sorry, shopping center. So there's a shopping center near us that has a butcher, an Aldi, a Woolworths and a uh, fresh fruit and veg market. So we'll often just have to go to the one place. Yeah, we've got to go to three different places within that one center, but at least we only have to go to the one place itself. So we knew that because we went and did some research and found it. So don't be afraid to pop your headphones on, get some music playing, get in the get in the car and just go for a drive and see what's out there and take notes. Mm-hmm. Have a plan of attack. Courtney, what's next? Next, go out with a shopping list. <laughs> so speaking of shopping, go out, always do a list before you go shopping. Why? Because it is going to keep you on track with what you actually need. So there's a difference when you go shopping and you probably know this, but the shopping centers are very, the supermarkets are very, uh, very cunning in the way that they set out their shelving. So they are designed to tempt you to buy extra things that you don't actually need. So if you have a list, you're going to stay on track with the budget that you've got and you're not going to overspend on things that, yeah, might be on sale, but you don't necessarily need it. And also, you're then less likely to buy food that's not going to help you get towards your goal. Correct. So the chocolate and the chips and all these things that you don't need. All those good things. They are not on the list, so you're not going to be uh, feel a desire to put them in your trolley. And also, again, you're not going to be overspending because you've already worked out what you need for your cooking for the week or for the next couple of days. So you can just get the things that you need. And can I say as well, it is a very good feeling to go out shopping with a plan of attack, knowing what you're going to get, knowing where you're going to get it from and coming home, A, having saved money and B, having bought food that you know is going to get you closer to where you want to get to. It's a very liberating feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been doing it at the moment in the lead up to Christmas. I have been doing getting my when you get the junk mail in the in the, the uh, letterbox I've been going through it seeing what specials the different supermarkets have and then planning my attack planning my list so I know what I'm getting from where and I'm ticking it off as I go so it's uh it's a really good feeling when you can start to tick the things off well said the next one is cook in bulk so by bulk we mean cook for more than one meal don't cook on a meal-to-meal basis. If you're looking to maximize value for money 
and you're looking to avoid the issues where you run out of food quickly and go out looking for temptations because the fridge is empty, cook in bulk. Yeah. So if you're going to be, for example, cooking up a, a beef stir fry, cook enough for four meals, five meals, six meals, and then just portion them off and put them in the fridge or put them in the freezer for later. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to freeze your meals either in that sort of situation. Everybody, each to their own. A lot of people will just do a few days at a time so they can keep it in the fridge. Some people, Matt and I have had clients that do two weeks at a time and they freeze everything in a big chest freezer. Whatever so works. Whatever works. Absolutely. But it's a really, really good one where you're not at the end of the day trying to decide what you're going to have for dinner and then you end up, having to just race to the supermarket, grab whatever's there and race home and cook it up. And you're not really focusing on uh, value for money. You just want to get the job done uh, because it's, a, you know, you've had a busy day and you just want to get dinner made. So. Yeah, cooking in bulk also saves time. Uh, time, as we know, is something you'll never get a refund on. Once you've wasted it, it ain't coming back. So really... I know for me, I do not want to spend time shopping all the time because I hate it. I just hit my elbow on the desk. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now that Courtney's had her moment, oh. we'll continue. Okay. Did you hate that when you hit the tip of your elbow? Ooh. Okay. Sorry. Moving on to the next point is embrace the slow cooker. So the slow cooker is... Your best friend is my best friend. I think it's everybody's best friend. I actually have two of them. So I know quite a lot. Of, we know quite a lot of people actually that have two of them. I think they come in pairs, don't they? Yeah, they should. So they are a fantastic tool to use. We use them weekly, even now through um, Australia is in summer at the moment. Even through summer, a lot of people think they just pull out the slow cookers through winter. Even through summer, we are using ours weekly at the moment to cook up our meat. So it's a really, really good tool. As Matt said, it's a time saver and time is money these days in itself. So it is definitely a time saver, but also it allows you to be able to look at specials in terms of the meat selection and you can buy those cheaper cuts of meat when you're slow cooking them. Why? Because when you slow cook them, all of any fat that was in them, so you'll go to the supermarket generally and you will avoid the cuts of meat that have a lot of fat on them, So, which is natural. Uh, but when you're slow cooking them, all that fat is going to liquefy and settle on the top of the slow cooker. So when you come to serve it, you can actually remove that fat and then you're left with all the really yummy pieces of meat underneath. So that's really great, you know, in terms of you can get your big um, chunky pieces of beef if you're going to make beef stew or something like that. Um, you can do chicken in there is obviously quite inexpensive these days as well, chicken. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can cook in there. Mince as well, beef mince yeah, is really inexpensive a lot of the time these days. You can get it on special as well. So there's a lot of different flavors and things that you can add to a slow cooker. So definitely have a look at, uh, at utilizing your slow cooker more. I agree. I agree. Um, also, when it comes to the slow cooker, you can look at um, vegetables. 
that might be approaching their expiry date or vegetables that are left over from other meals, um, they're a great add to the slow cooker. Yeah. So rather than chuck them out and just waste money, uh, add them to your slow cooker. 100%. Especially if they're already cooked, you can have your slow cooker already going and then only just a short time before you're ready to serve the food, then you can add in those leftover uh, already roasted or already cooked vegetables just to add uh, a little bit of extra bulk and flavor to your dish. Yep. So as Courtney said, we do use two slow cookers and we can recommend two slow cookers. And they're also not very very much an expensive utensil. No. Either these days. No, not at all. Like, not at all. Two of them could be had for under $100 quite easily, and the value you're going to get out of them is immense. 100%. All right, so on to uh, the next tip for losing weight on a budget is uh, frozen vegetables and frozen fruit. Yes. I think there's a really big misconception, and there's uh, a bit of... What's the word I'm looking for? You're telling the story, bro. (laughs) I think there's a lot of confusion. Confusion was the word I was looking for. Matt, around fresh versus frozen. Yeah, there is. Uh, the stereotype out there is that frozen is just shit. Uh, actually, no. Uh, research has been done. Uh, frozen can be just as nutritious as fresh. In some cases, it can actually be more nutritious than fresh. Uh, so don't be afraid that you're... Or don't think to yourself that you're, you're cutting on the quality because you're not. Mm. What you find with frozen veg, frozen fruit, etc., is that it's a very cheap and easy way to boost your intake of things like fruit and vegetables uh, without having the risk of throwing half the contents of the crisper out or throwing out the fruit bowl at the end of the week because it wasn't eaten. It can just go back in the freezer. Yeah. Now, I know from my own personal experience that if I personally do not like frozen vegetables cooked up out of the packet, I think they're disgusting. Mm. However, there are ways to disguise those tastes and make it far more palatable and make it a, a quite an enjoyable meal. This yep. is where you can get things like spices and seasonings to add to the frozen vegetables as you're stir-frying them, for example. Now, yeah. There's something you do a bit of, Courtney, with the spices and seasonings. Yeah, absolutely. There's a Mediterranean spice that I'm obsessed with at the moment. But definitely experiment with different spices and seasonings on there. Some people like uh, something a bit hotter, maybe some chilies, things like that. Some people like something a little bit sweeter. So you can definitely experiment with those sort of things. Also, don't be afraid uh, with your slow with your meals to actually always try to eat all your food together. So especially when it comes to frozen vegetables, don't just put them on the plate on the side, then with a piece of meat next to it. Try to mix it all together because it's going to really enhance the flavor. Yeah, agree completely. Uh, I always mix my food together these days. Yep. Uh, All the the vegetables, the salad, the protein sources all mixed up in a gigantic bucket. (laughs) Um, Bit of uh, of black pepper, bit of Himalayan rock salt. Very nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, don't be afraid of uh, frozen fruit and vegetables. I think also, just on this point, the frozen fruit is fantastic, especially when it comes to things like smoothies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've always got frozen fruit in our freezer. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fan of the frozen blueberries, frozen strawberries. And can I just mention before we move on from this point, frozen uh, vegetables has come a long way as well. So there's a lot more variety in terms of what you can buy and the packs that you can buy together. So there's... There's ones that are, they're, they're themed ones. So there's ones that are themed for stir fries and there's ones that are th- 
themed for winter style vegetables and you know so you've really got a lot of variety there to choose from i am so, a fan of the stir fry ones definitely. the stir fry ones are really delicious when you you know you're putting in there things like snap snap peas and uh corn and um chestnuts and things like this Capsicum. so capsicum so yeah you can really uh have play around with your frozen vegetables if you do decide to go with the frozen vegetables and uh pick and choose what sits well with you and and what you like and what you don't like yeah it's going to be an experiment with the the frozen stuff as it has been for me over the years um so just put the time aside and again take notes i bought these frozen vegetables i cooked them like this they tasted blah whatever it was Um, keep notes so then you've got yourself a bit of a routine and if it works then hey rock and roll absolutely all right next one along where are we up to on the subject of oh um fruit and veg if you are going to buy them fresh buy them in season oh yes absolutely in season is huge Huge. You probably um, hear a lot of people talk about in season, uh, but basically it's just there's certain vegetables that you're going to find in the supermarkets all the time and that are cheap all the time, like carrots and potatoes, things like this. But there's other vegetables that are and fruits that are very seasoned. Uh, seasoned? Seasonable? Season? The word is seasonal. Seasonal. That's it. Wow. I'm going really well. So definitely those ones are going to be a lot more expensive at certain times of the year. Things like squash, uh, even mangoes, grapes, mangoes, nectarines. There's a lot of fruit that's very seasonal. Uh, then, but definitely in terms of uh, vegetables, there's definitely a lot of seasonal. Oh, I can't even say that word. Seasonal. <laughs> This episode, shit. Stop. <laughs> anyway, you get the idea of what I'm saying, that just watch out for those fruits and vegetables. You may love them. I love, I personally love nectarines. However, they are definitely only a summer fruit. So they go from about $10 a kilo to about $3 a kilo. A slight difference. Within the space of about a week, sometimes it seems. So... Definitely, I'm going to wait until it hits full summer and they are the cheapest price to start buying those. And then when they go out of season, I'll switch to something else as well. So definitely have a look at those. You'll find that also shopping uh, for seasonal, (laughs) Courtney, (laughs) seasonal fruit and veg is a good way just to increase your exposure to different types of uh, nutrition sources. Uh, and that variety is never going to be a bad thing. So I would say embrace the challenge, embrace the struggle. Uh, You'll grow from it and you'll have a a greater sort of appreciation for different tastes and textures that you can get in the supermarket. Yeah, that's a really good point. Okay, Courtney, what's the next seasonal tip? (laughs) Stop. It's going to be word of the day now, isn't it? Mm. It's taken over from yesterday's word of the day. Oh, let's, let's not go there. Okay, moving on to long life milk. Long life milk. Not yes. something that people think about a lot, but... Guess what? It's there. It's there. It's available to you. It's cheap. It's cheap. It works. It lasts. And, and it works. It does the job. So... It's a great backup plan. Definitely. Stuck fresh milk. Don't be afraid of long life milk. I've always keep some in my cupboard. I don't drink a lot of milk. 
Matt doesn't drink milk. However, I always like to keep some in the cupboard just in case someone comes over and they want some milk in their coffee or something like that. There is absolutely no point for me to store fresh milk because, as I said, Matt and I don't drink it's it. getting chucked. So if I keep long-life milk in the cupboard, I always know that there's options for people if they uh, we do have guests that come over that need milk. But then also, it's not going to go off. Well, also on top of that, if you're creating meals and dishes that call for a bit of milk... Uh, you're going to save money by using Long Life. Absolutely. As opposed to getting like a container of fresh, using a small pinch of it, and then what? Yeah. It sits there going off. Going and then you end up just throwing it out anyway, Uh, which is annoying. Yeah, so we can recommend the Long Life milk. And really, there's different types of Long Life milks out there. Try them all. Yes. They're all good. Yes, absolutely. See, see what you like. And you know, it, it, if you are someone as well that is lactose intolerant or doesn't handle milk very well, they do also make dairy-free milk. Yep. Lactose-free milk. Uh, soy milk as well is always a good uh, backup plan to have in the cupboard as well. Yep. Now, the uh, the next tip for losing weight on a budget, Courtney, this one's all yours. Mine. Save money on active wear. Yes. So... Have a look at some bargains. Have a look at different department stores. You don't have to buy the most expensive stuff to work out in. And I know you're probably thinking to myself, you're thinking one of two things. You're only probably thinking, but I like them. Or you're probably thinking, well, I know that. But it still surprises me how many people I speak to that are too afraid to go to the cheaper places like your Kmart's and probably if you were in America, it would be Walmart and things like this to have a look at uh, your cheaper department store brands rather than your big Nike, Adidas, uh, Lorna Jane, Lululemon, all these sort of big expensive brands, which don't get me wrong, they've got beautiful clothes, they've got beautiful fabrics. I love their clothes. I do own some of their clothes, but... A lot of the stuff that I wear to the gym are just your $5 t-shirts and things like that. So don't be afraid to spend your money wisely when it comes to working workout gear. You don't need to buy super expensive workout gear just to fit in at the gym or anything like that. So your $5 t-shirt does the job just as well as your $50 t-shirt. Well, it's also the question like, you know, do you go to the gym to look good in the gym or look good out of the gym? Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, I think that everybody wants to look their best. Nobody wants to look silly. We've spoken about this several times. And the point of usually losing weight is because you want to look better. So definitely everybody has an image in their mind. They don't want to look silly or frumpy or or anything like that when they go to the gym. But just keep in mind that while you're losing weight also you'll be going through clothing so there's not generally a big point in spending a lot of money on expensive clothing if you're going to continue to drop sizes yeah and you end up chucking out because it's too big so i tend to buy key pieces that might be a little bit more expensive so certain leggings and things like that because they're a, a thicker style fabric and i quite like the thicker style fabric so when i do my squats people 
in the whole gym aren't going to see my knickers. So I tend to like to buy those sort of higher quality leggings, but in terms of my singlets and my t-shirts and those sort of things that are just, you know, your cheap sort of five, $10 singlets and t-shirts that I tend to buy. So don't be afraid to uh, go for those cheaper workout gear. I think Courtney's point um, about going through multiple clothing sizes is really bang on. Um, I know from, I can speak from personal experience here, I went through about four different wardrobe overhauls. Mm. Uh, and anyone that's gone through this will tell you that it's not a cheap process. Uh, so you can sort of mitigate the pain by chasing a lot of the budgets while you know you're coming down in size. Um, and can also give a, an observation from a, um, let's call it a limited male perspective. <laughs> uh, so Courtney does indeed get around in a lot of active wear and personally... I, I couldn't tell you when she's wearing things from Kmart as opposed to one of the designer labels. I can't see the difference. They, they all look good. Um, I tend to find, just from my sort of perspective, that the, if the clothing is half decent, the person wearing it will make it look good. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll now move on to the, uh, the final tip when it comes to losing weight on a budget. Now, Courtney and I are never, ever going to advise people to do it by themselves because, well, we know that doesn't work. If people could do it by themselves, they would have. If you're going to work with a trainer, look for an online trainer. Yeah. Because you're going to be saving money, getting the same result, but you're not working face-to-face. So if you're looking to get the best results but are still budget-minded, as you should be, do your research into an online PT because that combined with a local gym membership can give you a result that can actually, for real, change your life. The days of face-to-face training aren't what they used to be. Uh, these days, we all work different hours. We'll have different you know, responsibilities, family duties, etc. But again, as I said before, we are not going to sit here and say to you, you just got to do it by yourself. Good luck with that. Um, look for an online trainer that's been where you want to get to and has walked that path. Um, and you'd be surprised at what you can get for... Not the sort of money you pay for face-to-face training. Courtney, would you agree? Absolutely. 100%. And I think the point you made, Matt, is about different work hours is a really important one because these days there is really no nine-to-five anymore. So everybody works different hours. Different days. Different days of the week. Weeks on, weeks off. Exactly. So it's really hard also to commit to face-on-face training for a lot of people. So that's where yeah, the online style uh, for a increasingly a large amount of people is working really well yep um so that's uh that's a wrap that's it for us hopefully this has been of some assistance yes because in the end we want to give the most help and value where we can courtney well done thanks avoid the fact that i can't speak properly this was an incredibly seasonal show (laughs) some would say the most seasonal (laughs) too soon see what i have to put up with oh my gosh so we're going to call this a show. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's going to stay seasonal all day. All day. More than likely I will. Uh, have, a, have a fantastic <laughs> seasonal time. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.